So it's nice to connect with you again. It's been a while. We're going to chat about uh, one of the, our core business processes. Um, and when we talk about the people in business, it's like we can tell really quickly whether we approach things similarly, right? And it's because we we go straight to values to start. Yeah. Yeah. Not, uh, not what do you do. Yeah. Uh, not even how you do it. Right. Why? Why? Why do you do what you do? Yeah. And uh, so I thought that would be fun for, yeah, for us to explore each sort of our own whys, you know, which overlap and complement each other. And yep. um, maybe talk a bit about like how surprising it is that that's that's pretty unique. I think we found this in our entrepreneurial journey, right? That, mm-hmm. that people are not so focused on the um, why, why we do what we do. Yeah. Does that spark anything in you to get you well, rolling? It does. It does. Um, and I agree with you around, um, I know that it's sort of a, a showstopper when we ask that question. But I think in all my years of working, I worked without a why, other than I needed a paycheck and it was a pretty good job. And why wouldn't I be um, pleased with the opportunity to do the work? There was no underlying, well, because it aligns with who I am and what I want to offer to this world. And this is why I'm the why of why I do the work is because I want to make sure that everyone has that unlocked in them, that the, the, the reason for why they want to do this, do whatever it is they have to offer, whatever gift it is. So, um, yeah, that's what sparked up in me. And, um, and in, early on in our, our conversations together about the work, we were so earnest, we still are, about um the the work that we have to the the work that we need to do that we are just called to do is all about making sure that we are in relationship with each other and with the world around us and that uh we are constantly learning from other people from other people's experiences like we're taking in the good and the bad and raising our all of us collectively to the next level that to me um is what uh just fires me up every day this it makes it so it's not work so i i like that we have some key obviously you and i have made, over the years figured out our, our key values in our business and i also have my only all, own set of personal values which feed right into the, the business and you have yours, but being in relationship and being connected and having the opportunity to learn from each other has been, that's the reason I get up. I really like that you took the the story back, you know, to think about how it used to be, right? The life, the life lived before working from a place of, of your values. And that question, well, why do you go to work or why do you work? And my answer would have been because there's work to do, because the work is there to do. And one of the most transformative things for me, uh, as somebody who tends to work too much, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if I'm not grounded, I tend to work too much um, Mm -hmm. and not have the energy. Like, so having experienced burnout, right? People who, who have experienced this understand sometimes 
you work so hard from a place of vulnerability about stopping. Like you can't stop because you've put all your eggs into this basket of working so hard or being seen as somebody who works hard or who's up, you know, up to fill in the gaps or up to pioneer the next thing or up to, you want to be perceived as a certain kind of, of worker. But when that isn't grounded in, in your why, you know, it's a perfect, in my experience, it was a perfect recipe for disaster and for burnout. Um, But it really helped me flip the narrative that there is more than enough work in the whole world to do for everybody to do. There's lots of things to do as human beings. We will never stop coming up with ideas for things to do and work to be done. So if that's the case, what is the work that the world actually needs me to do? Because I can see all the possible work, right? I'm the person who says yes to the volunteer things. And I'm the person because it needs to be done. Someone needs to do it. And as I become older and a little more mature, and wiser, and I develop my muscles better for, for discernment, uh, actually, there's not all the work is my work. Yes. It's so oh, great to hear you say that. So then in our business, it's been really fun because I actually wear a lot of hats in our business as our managing director. Uh, so I, you know, wear the financial hat sometimes and I wear an administrative hat sometimes and I wear logistical hat sometimes. Uh, and actually the world doesn't need, need me to do that. Our world, our business world does need me to do that until we raise up the next person in, in our in our collective, whose work that is to do, yes. right? It's my work to fi- help find the person and nurture the person who's going to be our, you know, um, whose, whose administrative skills are their gift to humanity. And we all know who those people are. If you oh, have, yeah. right, any institution you've worked in, you can pick out the professional administrators right off the bat, right? Yes. Whose work yeah. is impeccable and professional and actually they run the show. Yeah. Right. And they get no yeah. credit. <laughs> Those are the ones, right? Yeah. So um yeah, but yeah, all the kinds of all the kinds of work that there is in the world. And so much so often we're pulled to do work that is actually mm-hmm. not our work that the world needs us to do or that mm-hmm. we need it to do. Yes. That's that's absolutely right. And so when I think of of watching us uh, in action and doing doing the work and holding fast to that fact of only focusing on what what our gift is and uh, what we need to keep our business afloat, not just from a um, a financial or process operations point of view, but for our spirits, our, our um our joy of of working our joy of of contributing these are the things that i think about all the time i love that you mentioned burnout too leslie um it's probably the first time i've i think i've consciously heard you say that you that you understood that you went through a burnout and i know you never said it the whole time so um but it was such a burnout and well, you I, were there to help pick up the pieces. Oh <laughs> my gosh! Um, but uh, but a 
fantastic burnout in, in the sense, and this that sounds like an oxymoron, but in the sense that uh, probably could have stepped away from what you were doing at the time way before, like a good two, three years before, just in the same way that I did. Uh, but you you absolutely knew you reached your limit and you said it out loud. This is this is it. I cannot do this and raise three kids at the same time. Impossible. And that's what made it beautiful that you actually set those boundaries. And there's where I learned that you know, you know yourself, you value what you bring to the table enough to save yourself. And uh, I, I, I recognized that in you and loved it and thought, wow, that, that was amazing. So then fast forward when you, when you let, you held me through my own uh, breakdown and breakout and mess uh, you waited for me to heal and then you asked me you know do you think that we could probably do something together and at the time I remember thinking yes what if we could do what we just did for each other for other people and that is where that core value piece comes in right there because um, I watched you set the boundary and value yourself enough to pull yourself out of the fire. So you were crispy and, and smoky and burnt, but you pulled yourself out and, and as did I, and, and, uh, we both, we both did that to, uh, together. And I know that there are other people out there that have been through similar situations who could really use the lifeline that I was blessed to have. Um, and I would like to do the same, but, and here's where that little piece of kernel thing that I really like, you know, you know that I'm always trying to look for paths of people walking through their trauma to who they really are, like they're to their true selves. Right. So I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking in my mind, Oh, Yes, they just got burnt to a crisp, but what's left there? Those embers underneath that seed. Can we get to that? Let's do that. And let's let that open up. This is how I think we live our values every day. We're looking underneath all the dead ash, all that crap underneath, all that, all the heaviness of the feelings that we went through when we were, you know, when we, we felt burnt and all of the no's and all of that negative stuff. Look, we're trying to cut through that and say, yes, it's there and take it off, put it over here. And what's there? Let's go. Right. That's that's what I think our business is all about. It's so fun. I love doing these podcasts because we intentionally want to say things and they're things we say all the time. Like everything you're saying, I hear you say all the time, but for some reason today, exactly the way you've said it, just really um, like thinking back on the experience myself, I actually felt like I, um, I didn't feel proud that I saved myself. I felt like I had to save myself because nobody else would and I was I was mad about that mm. right like well where you know well, how yeah. come my boss couldn't see and how come my co-workers and how come and how come and and really that 
not owning like the strength that it took to save myself. So hearing you say it like that is really a really cool way of framing it. And, and it helps me see in the conversations we have with, with other clinicians and practitioners who are, who themselves are trying to imagine what's next. You know, when I, when I say to them, well, if you could do anything, what would you do? And the, if you can get to the place where you realize your strength of saying no is the strength that you need to imagine the next thing. It's the same muscle, right? Mm -hmm. And so you just used it all up getting your, saying no. (laughs) Um, And that doesn't mean quitting, right? A lot of people, um, they're still in their jobs and thinking about what's coming next, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't, it doesn't have to be a (laughs) catastrophic end to a job because, you know, that's a certain privilege, right? That we have um, to be able to, to say that, um, but, but that idea of can you turn that strength that you have in saying no more, you know, you the quiet quitters, right? Yeah. The quiet quitters out there who are like, listen, I am done hosting the online birthday parties and <laughs> the other crazy made up work that is not my work to do and nobody appreciates and I'm burnt out about it anyway. Um, when we ask people, well, what, what would you spend your time doing if you could do anything? Often what I hear is that they would do this, but they can't because they can't do that. Exactly. I ask them, you know, they can tell me the this, you know, here here it all is. These five things I would do, except I can't because I'm not good at these five things. Right? Yeah. And, And that inspiration from my own journey, which is to say, well, yeah, that's all work that's there to be done. But what if that is your work? And what if that is somebody else's work? And this goes kind of back to collaboration that we talked about, you know, an episode or two ago, this idea that, you know, being willing to say, this is what I can do. And this is what I can't do. And working with other people to to, ha- to have those needs met, you know? So, so for some folks, it's the administrative needs, right? Like yeah. I would start a practice, you know, but I can't even imagine uh, putting myself out, you know, online. That sounds terrifying. Yeah. Or yeah. like, how would I keep track of the billing? Or what mm-hmm. would I do if, you know, people didn't pay? Or what if people don't want to pay? Or right. <laughs> all these types of the what ifs. And I think one of the the cool things about the, the model that we've designed for ourselves and the folks we work with is tell us what you want to do what is the work that is your work to do um, in the world and then let's figure out who is going to help you with all the other things exactly because if we can't do that as a community for one another uh, then we're not really building a solid foundation right we're just setting people up um, to be these you know independent business owners you know, who have to ride the ups and downs all alone. And it it's not sustainable. No, it really isn't. I, I, I like what you're, what you're saying about um, tell us what you want to do. And I think one of the beauty, beautiful things about how you ask that question is you underlying that question that you ask you, lastly, I've seen you do it lots of times you ask, and what are you not saying? what are you uh, nervous to even put out there mm-hmm. you find you find ways to allow people to oh, truly open up and look at those things that they're not saying and look for those holes 
so then we can put everything out on the table and go okay this is this is what I really want to do. I want to focus on that. And I really am good at that. And I need help with these things. This is so great uh, that you can do that. Um, that giving voice to the things that are unheard or the people that are not around the table or the thoughts that are not coming to full vocal fruition. Uh, you know, this is this is the key. This is This is what you did for me. Well, and it's what we've tried to embed in our process, right? Mm -hmm. Our our people process as part of our company, which is that, you know, people will say, well, how many people work with you? And it's like, well, at which stage (laughs) working with us? Because we have people who have launched, like Mm -hmm. Brittany. We have people who we have one or two conversations with, and then, you know, they go away and they, you know, and we, we think, I wonder, I wonder what's going to happen next. I wonder if we're going to hear from them. And we have other folks who are really interested in, in some of the business planning, right? The, what I will offer and who I will offer it to and what will, um, you know, what will my practice look like? Oh, now, yeah, the structure. Okay. I've got that already. Now I'm going to sit on it because it's not the right time to start. Right. And we have other people who would start tomorrow doing whatever it is anybody asked as long as they worked in their other job. <laughs> um, and so it makes me think of the, this, maybe this is a terrible analogy, yeah. but you know, on the like um, very formulaic crime shows, you know how they have the photos and yeah. there's like strings to like, you know, yeah. different aspects trying to solve the mystery. I feel like the folks who are under, under our tree, right? Yes. That's the metaphor we have in our design for our, um, for our logo. The folks that are un- sitting under the tree with us, metaphorically, we really put them up on a board and all these strings, right? To these different stages of business process. Um, and it's really fun because it reminds us, I think, of what we did for ourselves, right? We, we raised ourselves up first. Mm-hmm. Um, we did it for ourselves and now we get to relive it as we do it um, with, with folks at these very different stages. And we don't always know who, I mean, we have ideas about who we would like to be shaped by. Yes. Like, wouldn't it be cool to work with a speech language pathologist or an occupational therapist or somebody who... A play therapist or... Yeah, or, yeah, like we're putting it out there in the universe, I guess. (laughs) But actually, the real criteria is people that we will be shaped by. Yeah. You know, people who are going to change the way we, not change our values, but change the way we understand our values. Yeah. Um, a really great example of that was our initial, you know, journey with Brittany, which, which mm. took quite some time, right? Yeah. These things take time. And Brittany ha- has since launched her practice. And one of the things Brittany shaped in us was our understanding of self-advocacy because yeah. her, her journey and her story of self-advocating to to uh, have herself identified as neurodiverse, to get mm-hmm. do the learning, to help herself understand how her own brain worked. Um, that story was so powerful. And it really, I think, shaped for us what we mean when we say we value self-advocacy, right? Yeah. That ha- helping people develop the ability to communicate, right? To use their voice, to, you know, to, to actualize their freedom, and also to help them navigate their obligations, mm-hmm. right, and the, their responsibilities. Um, Brittany really brought that alive 
um, for us and change the way we write about it and think about it. So yeah. that's who we're really on the lookout for. Like, who's going to change us next? <laughs> that's right. And who's going to allow us to be open to um, uh, even more open to what life has to offer us and uh, give us a, a new lens to look at things. Um, I can't wait to see who that is next. I really can't. Um, and it's what keeps me sharp as I continue to raise teens. And it can, and it also gives me that um, empathetic or compassionate edge I need as I continue to support my aging parents and uh, that patience and peace. So if I'm able to to keep open and keep learning from the people around me and um, I'll be better in a better spot to, to look after the ones that I love and that love me. Oh, so, yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way with, with caring for, for our families, the, our old, the older folks in our families yeah. think about it a lot in terms of the kids. Um, but, but well, it that's is... understandable. You, you know, that's totally understandable. You're like completely immersed in child rearing and, um, <laughs> and your house is full of kids. I'm sorry, but it is right. So, but, um, but the, the other side is, is yeah. there too, you know, and you're looking after your, your aging, uh, parents and, and so am I, and, um, to have that ability to, to set aside uh the set aside what the the craziness of, of my life so that I can be present for those that are entering a different phase of their life and uh and a and a more wise phase. Wow, I just want to be ready to take in whatever they're gonna hand off to me as they pass on to the next life. So I I I need to constantly sharpen my edges and be ready for it, you know? When I think about who else we might love to be shaped by, yeah. Um, since we've had the journey um, more than once of talking with folks who are new in their pr profession, right? New in their right. professional journey. Yeah. Um, I would love to work with professional, you know, s similar to to your story, you know, with years and years of institutional experience under their belt. You know, maybe somebody who's looking to, you know, retire, but but knows that their work is still really matters and the work is needed. And maybe it's a bit of guilt about this idea that if they quit altogether, like they know the need is out there. And I yeah. well, guilt isn't the right word, but that that pull, you know, that when you do work that matters to the community, you know, to stop it full stop yeah. and, you know, make it all about you all of a sudden is I'm sure very challenging for different types of professions. So, you know, that um, the mindset, someone whose mindset about retirement isn't that they're going to do nothing. Right. Yeah. Yes. Somebody who has a long long history is entering a new life phase and wants to create a version of their retirement that yes. still allows them to give, um, give of themselves and, and do the work that they're meant to do. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see. I, I think it's so cool that this turned into like our wish, our wishing well here. Who would we like to be shaped by? <laughs> but it does point to some of our key values, right? So we talked about one of them, which is, which is um, self-advocacy and, and, you know, I think people can hear in our examples that diversity really matters. 
you know, we, we happen to connect um, uh, with people who have had a similar type of, uh, of questioning or, or a struggle. Um, but actually, we know that that happens in all different socioeconomic uh, you know, experiences that people are often not able to give the work that that they really know they need to because they're stuck, right, in a different, in a job they can't really, you know, afford to give up. Um, folks who not are not just in professions that we're used to collaborating with, right, as an educator, I've collaborated, collaborated with all kinds of professionals, you know, what like there's going to be somebody out there who I who I have never been shaped by a type of profession, right? That would right. be so cool, um, and makes me think that you know what we're really looking for is is how people how people authentically bring that that story mm-hmm. right to to their own journey. So their ability to talk about you know what they've been through or what they would like like to see happen. Or, or even just not to be um, scared off when we ask them questions about it, right? Like this is this is the thing. I think that's why our definition of di- diversity is 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 important. I know that tr- traditionally diversity means like uh, of like being different or being other or being you know just something unexpected, which is fine. But for us, we define it as as a person's. Uh, a person's ability to recognize that they can be changed by another just by the fact that there are some differences and being open to that change. Um, so if we could find more people that are not afraid by of, of a few questions that will help point them in the direction that they have always wanted to go, those are those are my people. Those are our people. Do you think that our tagline, you know, which is, you know, resilience and mindset matter, do you think that's ever going to change? What do you think would make us change our tagline? That's like I, a left field question. So I you think, can... uh, no, I, I think it's fair. I don't, I don't think, like, I, I don't want to say never say never. But that tagline encompasses so much that it it is fluid enough that I think it can change as we continue to grow and age and become much more seasoned. Um, I think um, that those two things will always matter to human beings, no matter what we do and what stage of life. It doesn't matter how... um, and what what what's going on in our life um the ability to bounce back from adversity or to expect change and the ability to ha- to understand one's current mindset and change uh where they where you're going by changing your mindset this is all about the human condition so i i i personally don't feel like i will ever need to change it I think I asked that question because, you know, when you we use words like resilience or diversity, like you just explained, right? People perceive this word to mean, and this is what we mean. You yeah. know, resilience, I think, in in our culture has a little bit of the like, the ability to suck it up, 
Oh, right? wow. you know, yeah. and that's not what we no. that's not what we mean, of course. Oh. So, you know, as much as expansive and um, I, I find this about all the values words, actually, right? Yeah. When you it's it's not when you like you can say, well, I really value, um, uh, you know, I really value authenticity. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? to me and then how do I live that out in the world because when people hear authentic right it's like uh how much has social media co-opted that right to mean like uh you are a um you know you're a promoter of products that you actually like right that's authentic well okay I guess that's one way of looking at it but you you raise a good point we have to find it for ourselves I don't see authentic like that, but that's mm-hmm. okay. Uh, other people can see it like that and that's okay. But I see authentic as just always being grounded, like always being genuine and knowing thyself and not being afraid to put that out into the world. Uh, but that's how I define it. And um, and similarly with any of the values uh, statements that people have out there, I like to read them and understand them and hear them from other people because it, then it then it helps me to align my value system with theirs. But I don't expect them to have the same definitions. Mm-hmm. And uh, however, for you and I, I expect, I absolutely insist that our values are aligned for the definitions that you and I have chosen. Like I can't, I can't do this and still be the true person I am without having that alignment. It is very much like a marriage, like that's going to last now. Let's, you know. So another way we've talked about this is when we're, we're building relationships with new, you know, potential um, practitioners or folks we might work with this idea that we want to hear from them, their, their own understanding of their own sort of core three values type, you yeah. know, type of thinking and their own definitions, right? How, yeah. what, how do they define that? But then we're most interested in the next step, which also a lot of people don't do, which is thinking about how you make those come alive in the world. Like if you saw me walking down the street and you saw that I stopped and talked to everybody that I passed along the street, which of my core values that I have named, would you think, oh, there, there, there goes an action, right? Yes. There goes Leslie's values in action. Uh, and I think sometimes, especially when we hold our values very close, right? They're very important and special to us. Sometimes they're such treasure that we don't bring them out in the world and use them in the everyday and and work often work environments discourage us from doing that right don't don't operate out of your why uh, i'll operate out of our collective why which can often be at odds um so thinking about how to operationalize the values and having conversations about that so you know using your superpower that you've identified or your value uh you know example would be compassion right we've heard people say that that you know that is one of their core values that really matters to them okay great so how do you try and live that out like when i see you doing your things in the world what that you're doing is connected to that value because then it helps us to see um i think recognize the behaviors in one another that you know i wouldn't act out compassion like that but i understand that you are 
yes. right? And then we can sort of stay aligned um, in, in, in our relationships when we understand each other in that way. Um, well, and this is where it's interesting to, to, to think about uh, people who we see out in the world that are doing things that are go directly against our values. And, and, and they live out their own. In my definition, a value is something that you do play out, that you don't hold close to your chest, because if you're not brave enough to hold, to, to put it out there in the world, then it's not really something you value. But when we see the, you know, when we see the, the, okay, say we see the mean kid who, you know, hits some, hits a car with a, a shopping cart. It's like, oh God, you know, that their values may be that okay not supposed to do that but boy did it feel good there's a different value at play out there similarly we see a, a person out there who's being rude to an elderly person or whatever they're playing out their values in front of us and that that is the true the true thing that's happening in that moment and um in 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 my humble opinion they're telling us who they are so we believe them in that moment but we give them grace to re like to really think about okay is that really how i want to appear and in the work that that we offer here at transform together it's looking at those things like okay i actually value being kind but i'm rough to everybody else what's the disconnect how can we help you to fix that and then what do you want to do with the newfound, you know, value going forward out in the world while you're working, while you're living, while you're, you're playing with your family. I think um, I've learned to, to really believe people in the moment, knowing that I'm going to have to give them grace to be, to, to be, or do something different when in their quiet moments. And we've had to do that for each other. Oh, yes. You might have to do it for me tomorrow. Yeah, and that I think creating a work environment where we're not afraid to do things, but we're also not afraid to be held accountable for the why. Like, yes. Oh, like, so back to being prone to doing too many things, you know, too quickly. I'm right. the person who will look at my e email inbox and see a bunch of things and think they need to be done. Like they're just sitting there needing to be done. And you've started sending me messages that say, this is not needed until three weeks from now, right? In that way that, and now I know why you do that, right? That's a moment of you giving me grace to like, you could choose something different this time, Leslie, instead of yeah. just working like a maniac to get all these emails done when nobody asked you to. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think that that's been fun too, to explore Yes. Um, are the rhythms of our own work right that are hangovers from the way we used to work yeah we just we haven't done it any other way um or to really think through the why like oh yeah I love a fresh inbox because then I'm allowed in my own mind to makes more space for me to step away and do something else yeah right yeah um so I like to get things done so then I can stop doing things and 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 leave it behind yes. right yes. um so that's that's been neat. And to watch, uh, watch yourself, right. It's a very dramatic change in the type of institutional work you used to do and the volume and quantity of 
work yeah. that you right would do in, in a single day, you know, mm -hmm. compared to how you the rhythm of how you work now. Oh my and goodness! Getting to choose that, and and uh, and what a change it is. But I see, um, I see myself ramping up too. Right, I can. I can go into sixth gear pretty fast too. And I, and I love that we're so busy at a point now, tipping point now where we're, we're, we, we know we need more space. We know we need more administrative help. We know we need more, 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 more. Um, but I am consciously and intentionally slowing myself down, only doing what I can do in a day because I'm never going back to uh, feeling like I'm in demand for something for someone else's goals. And I'm, I'm also encouraging all of you to do the same thing. Like when I say all of you, I mean you and Brittany right now, <laughs> you know, uh, to only do what's reasonable to get done and knowing that it's okay, that it comes later than we thought it would. Uh, we're not missing anything. Let's enjoy what we have now uh, because this is something so completely new that I, I never did for myself or never never even thought that we could enjoy the work and enjoy where we are right now. Yeah. That's interesting. It, it makes me think when I'm wearing my facilitation hat mm -hmm. and, and working with groups, um, I often work with groups who are, you know, not necessarily teams of people who have roles on a project, right? That's a different, it's more like the project yes. manager side, right? right? But the facilitation side is more like, and by the goodwill, people have come together to work on something, you know, often across departments or often across um, uh, roles. And they have this goodwill and this intention, but then actually they need the external structure and the process to help them accomplish the goal. Right. Because without that, there's no shared understanding of how, what is the rhythm of their work? How are they gonna make sure everybody's voice is heard? How are the, what are they gonna do when they hit a roadblock? How are they gonna move, um, uh, how are they gonna move through uh, seeing things from a new light, getting part way and having to step back and seeing things from a new light, right? That, that ability in my, when I wear that professional hat to hold that space, to allow for the process to unfold in the way that the people need it to unfold who are actually in it in the moment, as yeah. opposed to the way it should look on paper right. or the way that, you know, the deadline that was externally set or whatever. And it's not that we're not inclined to those goals, right? To meet the deadlines, of course, we're always moving forward, but, but to understand that's a, it's a goal. It's, uh, you know, the, you are, you are making me think that we should do an entire pro, uh, podcast on um, Leslie's process for allowing the process. <laughs> that would be very fun. This is a method to you, your your uh, your style and approach that is is um, it's incredible how people are so. Uh, so what they just glom onto it the welcoming of somebody that's going to give structure to build that process so let's do uh, let's do that leslie's <laughs> process for allowing the process yes okay well i think that's a great way to end if we got to the point where we're thinking about the next podcast <laughs> that's really fun and uh, and truthfully i have to put that facilitator hat on in a few minutes and you know, be the person who listens attentively to some clients who needs to take a pretty strong 
U-turn to get back on track and they have to assess in their group. Um, where's okay. the energy in the group to accomplish this task? And so I have to be a really good listener and asker of questions today. So I'm going to put that professional. Oh, back. you're on fire today. So let's, <laughs> let's let go and do that. And good luck. Thanks, thanks for chatting with me again today. That was really, really nice. Okay, thanks. Okay. Bye. Bye next time.